For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We have a great guest for you today and a great topic that I know people are, are, are going to love here because it's Baltimore-based and it's about Justin Tucker. Joining me today is Aaron Schatz, and he is the editor-in-chief and founder of Football Outsiders. If for some reason you've been in a hole and you don't know who Aaron is, been on all sorts of things. We've seen him on NFL Network Top 10 lists, opining on the history of football, extremely knowledgeable resource that uh, we're very lucky to have. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right. Always, always a pleasure. I can tell you that. Been, been hoping we could have you on for a long time. But we're going to talk a little bit about Justin Tucker today. But I thought we'd go through 
the model that Football Outsiders has for special teams, which has always been really interesting to me, and the Ravens currently number one special teams team in football still? Yep. All right. Well, let's look at how they got there, the, the, the various pieces. Take us through this, if you would. And uh, for those uh, listening uh, on a podcast, we're looking at the Football Outsiders website, highly recommended, uh, $5 a month to, to join. Is there an annual? Yeah, that's, there's an annual option as well. And that's this is free. Special teams ratings are free. But to get the more advanced stuff, like the ability to filter by week, and our special Friday film study column that previews every game and our fantasy projections and our picks against the spread, that all requires a subscription. Okay. But it's $5 one price for everything or are there a couple of different tiers? Nope. One price for everything. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, so we have the, uh, uh, the the special teams here and we're looking across at the various columns. Can you kind of take us through the, the various pieces of this? So the, the first couple of columns are just the special teams rating. Weighted rating, which is basically the same right now, but mm -hmm. by the end of the year, weighted rating will not include September, right? It's Mo sort of a rolling, like older games become less important rating. And then Dave, which is our rating that combines the rating from the season with our preseason projections, because we've discovered that, you know, your prior knowledge from the preseason is actually valuable until three months into the season. So we still use our preseason projections for a couple of months. And then we break special teams into five main categories, field goals and extra points, kickoffs, kick returns, punts, and punt returns. Um, kickoffs and kick returns and punts and punt returns are based on sort of an expected points added model. Like what was the expected points added value of this position on the field? What's the expected points added of the position on the field after the punt, you know, and then what's the, you know, what's the average number of expected points added that you get from a punt from the 22, let's say, and then how many expected points added was this punt from the 22, and then you subtract them. And so what you get is a estimated value of the field position above average. Field goals works a little differently, and we'll talk about, that's what we're going to talk about here. Field goals are based on what is the NFL average from each point on the field in general over the last few years. Um, and so if you hit a field goal, you, that's, you get points above average. And if you miss, you lose. So, for example, if the average number of points from the 50 is, I don't know, 2.3, uh, hitting the field goal gets you plus 0.7 and missing the field goal gets you minus 2.3. And okay. that's how we do field goals and extra points. Okay, so excellent thing. There's two things I want to ask you about in, with regard to that. One is, is it not quite a zero-sum game because the trailing nature of what you're comparing it to? So you're trailing, say, to a three-year average. They have yeah. a generally rising. I try field. to adjust the baselines every year to get the average for the league as close to zero for that year as possible. Okay, but you don't adjust after the fact to make an adjustment for the fact that, hey, all kickers are kicking better. So we could maybe adjust this by no, we do, we do, we 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 adjust. I adjust a little bit each week to try to keep the league average around zero. All right, fantastic. And then uh, a, a zero sum game, of course, for the entire league. Then you're trying to make it, and that's what you just said. So I don't need to <laughs> reset right. that for you. And the other thing I should point out is that our numbers are adjusted for weather and altitude. 
Now, I do not put in the specific weather of every game. So I should, you know, say this is sort of a rough estimate weather and altitude adjustment. But basically, um, kicks have a different, you know, for example, field goals are more likely to convert, especially from longer distances indoors. Mm -hmm. We know that. We know that they become harder to hit as the season goes on into December and that that change is stronger in cold weather cities than in warm weather cities. And we know that field goals are easier to hit, especially long field goals in Denver. Mm-hmm. So De- Denver is special like Denver. Um, it gets colder. And so it gets harder to hit field goals, as, but it starts much easier because it's Denver and there's altitude. So we adjust for those two things in our field goal, uh, in our field goal numbers and in our kickoff and punt numbers. as well. Okay. So very cool. So you got a whole lot of adjustments here. There's nothing, there is nothing in the special teams unit for blocking field goals, right? There's nothing directly. No directly yeah. So a blocked field goal counts as a, just a missed field goal. And then I don't give credit for the blocked field goal. And the reason why is what we call non-repeatable plays. Mm-hmm. It's not luck, right? Because there's obviously skill involved and teams practice blocking field goals and they practice blocking punts. And those are very valuable plays, but they're not repeatable in that hitting, uh, you know, blocking a field goal is not really a good indicator of whether you're going to block more field goals later in the year. Mm -hmm. So we don't actually give value to the defense that blocks the field goal because it's not predictive. So Ed Reed's four block punts, three return for touchdowns in his first two years. You, you guys would have missed it in this model, and that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, that 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 we've you know for the most part, it's not. Reed's a little bit of a special case uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to interception returns for touchdowns, honestly. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean we don't, you know, we don't incorporate block kicks, and we don't incorporate two point. Uh, we don't incorporate block kicks two-point conversions, and squib kicks, Mm -hmm. and onside kicks. Onside kicks are not included either because those are also not predictive. Okay. All right, so outstanding stuff. And this gives you an idea of of football outsiders. And so the Ravens, if you you go across piece by piece, I can see that they're number one on the chart here. And I know some of the people listening on the podcast can't. But the major components of that are two things. It looks like it's the field goal and extra point number, and the, the kickoff return number is also quite good. Right, primarily because Duvernay, you know, it's early in the season, so it's only a six-game sample. And Duvernay had the touchdown return against Miami. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Miami is last in special teams. Although, if you take out that kick return, Baltimore would still be first and Miami would still be close to last. Okay. All right, so outstanding. And then when I read the number at the end, which is the unadjusted VOA number, that's um, without the weather and altitude adjustments. Okay, so I don't want that one. I want the, we, uh, I probably want the weighted Devoa or the or the standard. Yeah, you DeVoe. want you want the first one. That's the value for the entire season. Is just where it says special teams DVOA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it DVOA. I spell out the letters rather than saying it in some kind of shorthand. But that is their rating for the season. The weighted rating when we get into like December, then that will be like. You know, November, uh, December and November games will be full strength and October games will be partial strength and September games will not count. And so it's that sort of thing. But 
right now there's very little difference between weighted and total because there's only been six weeks. Right. Okay. So now when I would look at a number like 6.4, 6.5% DEVOA in that first column, um, can I translate that into anything else that would be more meaningful to me? Like, yeah, it's or- sort of, it's sort if you like points is you add together the five columns. Unfortunately, it's sort of silly of me that I don't have a column that's just adds together those five point values. But basically the way the special teams things works is that you, you, you get the points above average. So if you add together those five columns, you end up with something like 12.2. It's been okay. worth, the special teams have been worth 12.2 points for Baltimore above expectations. And then the DVOA turns that into one of these efficiency percentages, specifically on a scale that allows me to add it to offense and defense. Okay, that was a question. So I can do the whole, so I can do the whole team, right? The D- DVOA exists so it can be added to offense and defense. Okay, last question I had about this was Tucker has a points above expected for his field goals. And the question was, does it use a the entire league's field goal percentage or does it take out the Tucker kicks so that he's not competing against himself? No, it uses the, it uses the whole league. It would be too hard for me to have a different baseline for every player based on the average without that player. It's too, too complicated for me. Okay. No, no problem here. Uh, so anyway, we're going to look into to, to Justin Tucker and, and some of the historical elements next and and uh, got some great slides from Aaron in terms of what to do. And let me make sure I can bring these up here. All right, you've heard us talk about liquid death for a few weeks now, but have you started paying attention when you go to your convenience store? Did you notice those strange tall boys of beer, but they're in the bottled water section or they're in a store that doesn't sell alcohol, but it looks like they've got beer? It's because it's not beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is it called liquid death? Well, because it brutally murders your thirst. It's infinitely recyclable. Tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. Plus, they donate 10% of the profits to every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. And I don't know. For some reason, it seems like the water's always colder in a can rather than a bottle. Plus, you can have some fun with it. I had fun this weekend where I took a couple tall boys of liquid death to coach a little league. You put those right into the uh, dugout with a bunch of eight-year-olds, and you'll get some attention. You got some parents looking. Definitely get some attention. But no, I have to show everyone it's just liquid death. I'm just drinking water in a dugout with a bunch of little league kids. So go get liquid death for yourself. Test it, try it out. You're going to fall in love with it like I do. So go get Liquid Death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with the store locator tool at liquiddeath.com forward slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com slash film study. All right. So tell us what you did in the, in the, in the material you sent me. So Football Outsiders has broken down every play of every game going all the way back to 1981. We have 41 and a half years of data right now. And for every year, I've done these special teams ratings. Now, the baseline changes because as we go earlier in time, kicking kicking was harder, and so the league average was worse, mm-hmm. uh, and so the league average changes. But we can do value over expectation going all the way back to 1981 for every kicker in the league. 
So what I did when you asked me was it was easier for me to do this by team rather than specifically by player. So there are some teams that mix together a couple of kickers. Mm -hmm. But what I did was I looked at every team's value in field goal value over expectation for a 10-year span. And then I took out all the repeats. If you um, So what you see is Justin Tucker with Baltimore over the last 10 years is number one. He's been worth 129 points over expectation by our metrics. Nick Lowry from the Kansas City Chiefs from 81 to 1990 is second, and he's actually pretty close mm -hmm. at 115. And then there is a huge drop-off. And third is Morton Anderson with the Saints from 84 to 93 at 67. So if you really looked at the top 10-year spans, they would all be either Baltimore teams that were mostly Tucker or Kansas City teams that were mostly Lowry. So what I did was I put together a list that did not repeat itself. So these are 10 discrete spans of time mm -hmm. over the last 41 years that are the best field goal kicking periods. And you can see if you are looking, and I'll tell you if you're listening on a podcast, <laughs> Baltimore at 129 and Kansas City 8190 at 115 are way ahead of everyone else. Like third is Morton Anderson at 67. Fourth is Mike Vanderjack at 64. Fifth is Eddie Murray at 61. Then Gary Anderson, 59, Rob Baronis, 58, Sebastian Giganikowski, 57, Matt Stover, 56, another Ravens kicker, and Steve Goskowski, 54. So the gap between Tucker and Lowry and everyone else is colossal. But it's kind of shocking if you adjust for era how close Nick Lowry is to Justin Tucker. Totally shocking. Tucker's still, Tucker's still the greatest kicker of all time. But Lowry is much better than anybody remembers when you consider just how low league averages were in the early 80s. Did you I, I, I know before you didn't have this, but did you happen to add up all of Lowry's years, including his decline years, into one single number? Yes. So Lowry's career total. Here, here's the problem. Lowry uh, was a rookie in 1978. Oh, OK. And we don't yet have 1978 through 1980. So I can tell you his career total from 1981 through 1996 is 132. Okay. And Justin Tucker's career total, including the first six weeks of this year, is 134. All right. So no kicker. I'm, I'm sure if we went before 1980, same thing. No kicker has ever had a career value as high as what Justin Tucker's career value is right now. Now, he's going to add to that with a few more years, and one or two of them are going to be decline years. Justin mm -hmm. Tucker will have decline years, but he won't for a while. So he is going to put space between him and every other kicker who's ever played that's going to be large. Like if we, if we elected players to the Hall of Fame based on how good they were compared to the average at their position, without considering the importance of the position, Justin Tucker would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You think, you think that'll be the way it ends up, by the way? I think that Justin Tucker will be a later ballot Hall of Famer. Hmm. I think what'll happen, you know, first of all, 
you know, this gets into the whole how the Football Hall of Fame works. And it's complicated by the fact that only five players can go in per year. And so players have to wait their turn. But there's no question that by the time he retires, Justin Tucker will be easily recognized as the greatest kicker in football history. And he will go into the Hall of Fame. Now, you mentioned a couple of things that really interest me. The first was catching the decline value of a player's career. And we see that in baseball, of course, when when the last few years of a player's career, they never hit for the same batting average, particularly a great player, as they did in their early years when they were racking up their, their great stats. And so there's some decline years you expect from that. And I would expect that Justin Tucker is going to get second chances, maybe with another organization somewhere else yeah, that will be at the end of his career. 2030. <laughs> when he's kicking for London in 2030. Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, but like, for example, Lowry was below zero only one year of his entire career. And it was his last year, 1996, when he was 40 years old. And Morton Anderson was terrible in his last two years. And Steven Goskowski was terrible in the one year he played for Tennessee. So not every kicker has this happen, but a lot of these guys do hit a point in their late 30s, early 40s where they have a terrible year or two. And and you would kind of expect that because there's there needs to be an impetus to get rid of that guy. And kickers have kicked into their late 40s before. Yeah, but so. you know, the human body gets weaker, man. That's not and and uh to be honest, uh I don't want to diss on kickers here, but if you think about the age curves of most NFL players, what happens is your body breaks down, but your intellect improves. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's a there's a, a point at which the balance between the two is at its highest, and that's your peak, which is usually around age 26 or 27. For quarterbacks, the intelligence is even more important. So their peak lasts longer because they're getting smarter and they're learning more about the game, even as their body is falling off. I I don't think kicking requires quite as much intellect (laughs) as quarterbacking. No, I mean, I know you have to figure out where the wind is headed and there's, you know, there's ways that you need to set up depending on whether it's on the left hash mark or the right hash mark. But I, I don't think it's the most intellectually challenging position on the field. If you compare it to quarterback or center. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Now, one name I don't see on this list that always comes up in kicker discussions is Adam Vinatieri. Now I know people think of Adam as a guy who uh, is in the hall of fame based on his, or he's not in the hall of fame yet. Right? He will be. He, he will, will be. be in the hall of fame. Yes. For making some clutch Super Bowl kicks. Uh, where would he have showed up on this list or, or would it even be possible? Because he switched teams and so it might not, there might not be a easy 10-year stretch. So I, I would have to go and look at what were the best 10 years of his career. My guess is that he would be around 15th or something. Okay. Because he was good. Uh, but, and I say this as a Patriots fan, the idea that Anna Vinatieri was the greatest kicker of all time is ridiculous. Adam Vinatieri has the most clutch kicks of all time because uh, the, because Adam Vinatieri has the most clutch opportunities of all time. Mm-hmm. If you look at the number of opportunities that every kicker has had since 1981 in the last two minutes or overtime to tie or take a lead, Adam Vinatieri has something like 15 more opportunities than any other kicker in the last 42 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. So he doesn't even have a particularly high rate. Like his actual accuracy rate on these clutch field goals is very average. He's just had more opportunities Mm 
and a couple of them won Super Bowls. And I think that he's worth going into the Hall of Fame for that because you 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 put guys in the Hall of Fame in part because of the story you can tell about them. And the fact is the man won two Super Bowls with his field goals, but he's nothing close to Justin Tucker as no, far I, as the actual best kicker of all time. Am I correct that you're on committees that choose for the Hall of Fame or for the I am orphan? not on the Hall of Fame committee. God, I would love to be. That would yeah. be freaking awesome. It would make sense. I am on the AP panel. I am on the Associated Press panel of 50 media people. So I vote for MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and I vote for the All-Pro team. All right. Very, very cool. Let's look at the, the other slide here just for a second because we've been through some of this, but that's Tucker over on the left side at 129 points uh, in his best 10-year span. Uh, this, If we looked at the last 10 years – Tucker would be at 129. Then there'd be a whole bunch of other teams that would be sloping down to the right, down to, you You mentioned some very bad teams that would be negative yeah, the, a lot. The worst team of the last 10 years, including, so I, I added up all of Tucker's career, including this year, Tampa Bay at minus 68 mm -hmm. and the Los Angeles Chargers at minus 50. Wow. And obviously for those teams, you're, you're talking lots of different, kickers that's you know there was not one kicker going minus 68 for tampa because if you go minus 15 you get fired yeah <laughs> there's some people at the bottom end of the uh field goal percentage list like uh, one of them was the guy who kicked the longest field goal in nfl history at one time burt retrochar was 56 yards and, and his position on the list is entirely secure at exactly the spot he is from the bottom because you can't you can't have 50 kicks and make 15 of them <laughs> in the NFL now. It's so. very field goals are a very different world. But even uh, I mean I don't have the numbers in front of me, but going back and doing these years from the 80s, my God, the bad field goal percentage that teams accepted in 1983 compared to 83 was a particularly bad year. Uh, with a lot, 80, 80, 83 has the highest standard deviation of field goal value. Like there are a couple of really good years and a couple of really, really bad years. But like what teams were willing to accept from their field goal kickers compared to now is like crazy. This is this brings, like 65%. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, at one time, I, and this is during my early days of fan, but probably would have been right around 1980. Rolf Bernerska was the highest field goal percentage in NFL history. And he was at 75. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it was at that point, it was changing every couple of weeks. Yeah. The two, the two worst seasons we've ever measured are both 1983 mm -hmm. Tampa Bay at minus 25 and new England at minus 24. Wow. Okay. So that brings me uh, uh, to another question here, which is, the NFL has regulated itself, combined scouting, uh, instituted a salary cap, a whole bunch of things since 1980, which create a conform or perish nature to the way scouting, analysis of players, the talent pipeline works. It would have made sense to me if you'd have told me that the general trend was to lower variance in kick outcomes. But you, you, we were doing a little bit back and forth by email before, and, and you said, well, no, that really hadn't been the case, that the 1980s didn't have a general trend for that. No, it's just two years that specifically stand out, 1983 and 1985. Other than those two years, 
the standard deviations in the 80s were pretty similar to now. Mm -hmm. uh, I would love to go back and do the 70s and 60s, though. I mean, that's when you really had the, um, the gradual uh, change between the front-style kickers and the soccer-style kickers. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that... The, what the standard deviation must be like in like 1975 and stuff, I'm sure it's huge because you still have a little bit of that going on from like 81 to 85. Right. That's the uh, I don't remember when the last straight ahead kicker retired, but I think there were still guys kicking straight ahead in the early 80s. Mark Mosley comes to mind. He won MVP award during the strike shortened year. Worst, the worst MVP award ever <laughs> in any American professional sport. And you were you were not voting at that time, but that's I was okay. not voting at that time, <laughs> and I would like to apologize right now to Dan Fouts for, okay. for, for the fact that I was not a voter at the time. I, I, Dan Fouts's award. That was I, I feel sure that Dan Fouts, where Raiders, would love to come on this show and accept the award, you yeah. know, retrospectively. He'd rather have a Super Bowl championship, honestly, but, you know, it's the Chargers. What do you want? <laughs> All right. Fantastic stuff here. It's nice to see two Ravens uh, decades on the on the list with with uh, Tucker and Stover both represented. And uh, Baltimore fans, of course, love their Tucker. And I look for anybody who has a has an interesting model that they want to display. Great stuff, Aaron. Uh, tell folks once again where they, where they can find your work on Twitter and where they can find your work online. So on Twitter, it's F-O underscore A shots. Uh, my difficult to spell name is A-S-C-H-A-T-Z. And then footballoutsiders.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at F-B outsiders. The site is footballoutsiders.com. And a lot of free content. But then uh, with a subscription, you get special content. Uh, you get our stats on Monday instead of Tuesday if you're a subscription person. You get picks against the spread, including over-under picks. You get fantasy projections. You get special content. There's all kinds of stuff. And you get these numbers going back to 1981. All right. Aaron, thanks for joining us. This is an absolutely cool topic, detailed in in uh, a way that I think is very understandable, and I really appreciate that. Uh, you're welcome anytime on the show. I hope we can have you back another time on a, on another one of your models. Yeah, next time we'll talk about how great Lamar Jackson is. <laughs> there you go. All right, folks, other folks out there, if you want to get a uh, on a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. Thanks to our sponsor, uh, Liquid Death, the water that will murder your thirst. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.